we are kind of like building the integrated platform where you can actually bring in all your tools that you're using in your daily work and uh, you can actually collaborate within that platform. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. Today we have Pratu Oyansu, who's the CEO and co-founder of Happio, which is the best digital workplace and social intranet for G Suite. So Pratu and I actually met at a com- uh, not a company, a conference called SaaS Talk in Dublin, and we actually went to a little event afterwards. And uh, we actually went to shoot clay pigeons afterwards too. So we, we had a good time together, uh, had a good conversation. I, I've wanted to have him on the podcast for a while. So first and foremost, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of who you are and, and what your story is before we begin? Yeah, of course. Uh, so um, yeah, Happy is a digital workplace uh, platform. Uh, so we help large organizations to make their companies more efficient and uh, that their communication and collaborations uh, would be more, much more faster than currently. So and I've always been an entrepreneur and uh, now like being in the SaaS space like the last um, seven seven years. So so it's been a really fun ride already. And uh, now now like uh, when we're kind of like boosting the enterprises to getting faster. So it's a really, really great uh, to and fun and to work, work uh, in that space. That's awesome. So, you know, how does how does a, a tool like Happio work? I was looking at the website a little earlier. You know, what problem are you solving? Yes. Yeah, so, you know how like like McKinsey like ha- has said that uh, we're like searching uh, on weekly basis around 9.3 hours information in different uh, sources or we're using like uh, 20 hours almost like to still checking our emails. So we try to make um, the companies working faster by like integrating the kind of like traditional intranet, enterprise social network and collaboration in the same place. And what does it mean is that, uh, you know, like HubSpot probably. So that's e- easy way to explain it that um like instead of using kind of like separate tools for CRM, emailing, uh, mass emailing or a website analytics or website building. Uh, so when everything is under the same uh, umbrella, it gets things a lot easier in a large organization. So when when you have, obviously like you're using Slack, I assume, like, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we do too. So, so it's really easy to discuss there and uh, like, Share um, information like uh, files or yeah, discuss with your people. Uh, but when the company size gets over 150, so the communication gets a bit harder. So not all the people know each other. Chat rooms start to come overloaded. CEO wants to share uh, her uh, his thoughts somewhere, which is not only the constant um, chat messages. So so what's kind of like the internal knowledge base for your organization. So that's when Happio comes to the picture. 
Got it. Okay, great. And so for Happy, I mean, who do you think your primary competitors would be? Well, Facebook Workbase came to the market at Tasta a few years ago. So it's a really good product. And uh, they're they are touching especially the enterprise social uh, networking perspective. So it's really easy to connect with people. But what we were trying to do is that we are kind of like building the integrated platform where you can actually bring in like all your tools that you're using in your daily work. And uh, you can actually collaborate within that platform. For example, uh, if you're um, working with your, um, for, for example, Google presentation or something, so you can easily uh, um, open it up uh, directly from, from your portal without actually going to these different tabs of different, different applications. Right. Okay. And so for Happio, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are charging, you know, per seat. Uh, and, and so how does it generally, how do you guys generally price? How do you guys make money? Yeah, it's it's exactly a seat seat per uh, per person per month basis, and uh, yeah, it's the typical enterprise licensing. So so that's how it goes. Great. Okay. And so, how much it is it typically? Uh, I guess maybe a better question to to, to preface that <laughs> is what kind of company sizes are you targeting? Right. You mentioned enterprise, but like, what's the ideal size for people to start using Happio? Uh, it's like after 200 employees, uh, yeah, like we're currently discussing with like uh, companies which are 50,000 users. It's our currently biggest client is 20,000 uh, users. Uh, so that's, that's kind of like a big range, but yeah. Great. And how much is it typically per user? Yeah, it varies a lot, but uh, it's everything from um, um, 4 to $7 per user per month. So Got it. Okay. Great. And so I think I saw somewhere that you guys have maybe, you know, over 220,000 customers overall. Is that, uh, or users overall, is that correct? Same range? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got it. Okay. And so let's, let's, you know, if we average it out, let's just say like, you know, uh, average users paying like $5.50. So maybe kind of monthly recurring revenue is about $1.2 million. Yeah. Unfortunately, we cannot disclose the uh, AR numbers. And um, so, so that's, that's how, like. Cool. Great. And so, you know, for you, I, I mean, when I'm thinking about using something like this, I'm like, okay, this looks useful, right? Obviously, for a company that has more than 200 people. Yeah. How did you go about acquiring your first, let's call it, uh, 1,000 customers or so? We were lucky in a way that, because um, uh, like previously, I, I uh, co-founded the uh, uh, largest um, Google Cloud company in, in the Nordics, mm-hmm. in Northern Europe. So, so when we were um, deploying the largest companies uh, in uh, there, there to uh, Google from from Microsoft ecosystem. So we we learned from kind of like what kind of problems they have. So and uh, people were constantly complaining how hard it is to find information. So that's how we started to get the first clients in the, from the ba- customer base that we had already earlier. So and when we discussed with our uh, kind of like friends from the Google ecosystem like a Google cloud reseller ecosystem. So uh, they got excited too in different countries like France and Spain and Italy and UK. So that's how like everything kind of like came to the place. So, so, uh, so, so we're using kind of like both the channel strategy and then our own direct sales. So that's how everything started. And like, uh, um, yeah, I was kind of like, uh, we didn't expect it, it to go that way, how it hit. Got it. So what I'm hearing is a kind of good old fashioned sales team, but also a big channel partner strategy. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, how, if I'm someone looking to start, you know, they understand that channel partners is very important to, to the future of their business. How would you recommend that they that they get started? 
I would choose um, like uh, from different ecosystems, like those partners who are the biggest, but maybe not the largest ones. So, so that kind of like uh, agencies that are like the best ones, but not maybe uh, the kind of like the slowest ones to move. So that those kind of uh, uh, resellers uh, makes your business the easiest. And obviously it's like that you need to simplify right away that how they're making money and uh, making uh, it simple for them to understand the business model that how much you're bringing money in uh, throughout um, deployments or something like that. So, so that's, that's how to make it as easy as possible for the reseller. Great. And so typically it means that uh, you will bring the first uh, client uh, in uh, by yourself for them. Okay. And so for your resellers, I mean, how do they typically make money? I mean, what's like the structure? Are you giving them like a certain percentage? What is it? Uh, yeah, that's that's typically the model uh, there. There is a certain margin uh, for the uh, partners, um, how much they are getting getting from uh, reselling. And then uh, obviously like uh, for in our space, there is also like the uh, deployment project and change management, uh, which are uh, one of the key parts uh, also where they make money. Okay. And so uh, what is the typical percentage range? I mean, let's say I wanted to resell. What, what could I possibly make per user? Yeah, it's, it's per user. It's uh, from, from 10% onwards to uh, 20, a, a bit more even in some cases. Yeah, so, so the range of... Uh, okay. For, for a tool like yours, I imagine, okay, you, you mentioned enterprise or kind of mid-market to enterprise. The sales cycle sh- has to be longer, right? Because when you yeah. are implementing something like this, it's not so easy to say, let's just switch over, right? So what are kind of some of the obstacles you face when you're selling a product like this? So as you said, that um, uh, typically uh, enterprises, when they are choosing this kind of digital workplace product, it takes um, uh, around uh, six to 12 months uh, to go through kind of like the process. So uh, that's typically the thing that uh, we jump in and go through kind of like uh, what are the options, but then people want to learn about the market, know kind of like who else are there and kind of like make sure that uh, what kind of tooling they actually want to have. So obviously like then it's kind of like keeping multiple different um, like opportunities in the sales channel at the same time. So that's, that's important and managing them all, so to say in in different, different stages. So that's, that's the thing that compared to automated uh, SaaS products that come in, in, in 14 to 30 days. Right. Okay. Makes sense. And so, you know, you, I think you talked about being in SaaS for seven years. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, you know, can you talk about that journey? Because a lot of people are like, maybe they expect to, you know, hit a million in the first year or so, but they don't realize maybe it might take a little longer to get to the first million and then it starts to scale a lot faster. So what are the str- some of the struggles you face in those seven years to getting to kind of where you are now? Because I don't think it was a linear path, right? Uh, no, no. So, so yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, obviously, um, all these great materials that we are hearing from uh, all the SaaS industry uh, like uh, sources, uh, they are building the perfect, beautiful picture how everything goes. And uh, it's obviously like all of the people have that knowledge now. So everything doesn't always go the the the, the similar way. And uh, for example, in our case, it was like that we first invested a lot to the channel sales, and then we realized at some point that uh, we need our direct sales as well. And then we invested a lot in direct sales, and then we had to kind of like understand at the end that actually it's like uh, both that we need to invest. And uh, obviously, sometimes you do miss hires, like. Um, Something gets stuck in in the in in, in certain uh, division or something, and or the reference that you thought that you would get right away 
it takes still uh, six to nine months longer. So all of these things kind of like can uh, effect on the results. So, so those are typical <laughs> what happens. Right. Okay. And so what are, maybe there's one big struggle you can talk to, like maybe a story that you can share during that seven year journey. Well, that, that's exactly that, um, that we were investing like uh, purely on the channel sales and uh, we didn't realize that we cannot force the resellers kind of like sell us. So we realized that, um, that we are able to forecast our revenues to our investors. So we need to take the, like start the, uh, the, um, yeah, the direct sales by ourselves. And then there to kind of like actually making the SDR function working, make the sales executives like, uh, working together with SDRs and chasing that sales process kind of like that. Not all the sales executives are doing like everything in the sales funnel. So, and bringing in the customer success. So all of that kind of things kind of like I can slow it down a bit at the beginning, especially if you haven't done it earlier. So like everything is like uh, you, you learn uh, by doing so. So it takes some time. So, uh, but I, I would say that the best learnings for me has been that uh, right away when you're able to hire as, as good as possible leadership team, uh, that will help so much in, in all, all the problems and, uh, uh, rather than doing doing those um, mistakes, so so that's that's how it is. Great. And, and so, how is your leadership team structured? I have always said to everyone that uh, my goal has been to build the Avengers team, kind of like where it's like VP, uh, like VPs from uh, companies who have done it earlier already in the SaaS space. So we we were we were lucky to hire uh, people from uh, companies who have grown already earlier to the size of like uh, 400 to 500 employees. So, uh, and they wanted to kind of like do the uh, journey again, like from the start until kind of like uh, uh, the four to 500 employees companies. So that has been my strategy, kind of like find those key people who are dedicated to our uh, vision and like then uh, want to do it again. So that's that's the strategy. And uh, yeah, like uh, as um, Saster, uh, Jason Lemkin and, and uh, the guys have said that I'm uh, hiring first two sales executives, then after that, VP of marketing, then after that, VP of customer success, and then VP of uh, sales. So that's that's that has been my my strategy. So what I'm hearing is you you kind of followed the the Jason Lemkin formula in terms of building that sales team, but also you hired people that have kind of done it before, right? The people that have the experience, right? Exactly, that's correct. Got it. Okay. So I'm hearing, you know, your sales team is cranking right now. Is there maybe one more thing you can talk about that's working really well for you in terms of customer acquisition? Well, I would say that the um, building the inbound machine is one of the things that, uh, like at the beginning, typically in a startup, uh, when you don't have the resources to build the uh, marketing machine, you need to invest in the building the predictable revenue model and uh, building the SDR function and that. Uh, then comes the mid-stage where marketing starts to hit uh, like the best when when you have a mini brand and inbounds gets uh, coming. Uh, and I believe that at some point, uh, like uh, the kind of like the direct sales comes even even larger uh, impact uh, uh, when we have a even even bigger name as a brand. Got it. Okay, great. So your inbound machine, uh, what does that consist of? It uh, includes the, um, um, the uh, content. Uh, so we have a content writer, uh, then we have a, a crowd hacker, and then we have a localizers uh, for different um, uh, language regions. So um, that's maybe uh, one, one tip for uh, 
companies who are approaching European markets. So uh, that's an easy way to kind of like uh, get to uh, different markets. And yeah, that's that's the structure. And obviously we have like that creatively, creatively too. So, so all of those. Okay. And is your team based in one area? How, how's that? How's the team structured? Uh, our offices are actually in, in Finland. We have the product development and uh, the global sales and marketing mm-hmm. office in, in, in Netherlands. And uh, now, now we're kind of like opening the um, like U.S. operations. So we haven't chosen the location uh, fully yet. So, right. so that's, that's what's coming next. <laughs> okay, great. So we're going to work towards wrapping up here. What is one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value? So it could be like an app or it could be like literally something physical that you bought. Well, yeah, obviously, like we we did the Slack integration to our own tool that that was helpful for the business perspective, but obviously for us as well, that's <laughs> something that comes to my mind right now. How about uh, how about personally? Traveling a lot, so um, like I love both headphones and like yeah, I, I actually use the double version of it, so that you have the smaller headphones and then the bigger headphones both so that's that's one, one of the things and yeah i'm, I'm yeah and i'm not getting anything from both uh, to, to, uh-huh. to mention, but uh, yeah that's that's probably the best best tooling like to save uh, hours from uh yeah and get some good sleep right okay and per two what is one must read book you'd recommend to everyone great couple of revenue okay i'm gonna challenge you on one more because you gave that one earlier so I'll give you one more from zero uh, zero to one so that's that's the second one, second book that every entrepreneur should be reading. Okay, great. We'll drop those both in the show notes, zero to one from Peter Thiel. All right. Well, Pertu, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find you online and also your company online? So uh, it's happyo.com, H-A-P-P-E-O.com. And uh, you can connect with, with me in LinkedIn. So that's, that's probably the easiest. Awesome, guys. Definitely check out Happio. It looks really interesting, especially if your organization has more than 200 people. I think just having one spot to organize your internet without having to make it too complicated, it's definitely awesome. Uh, so, Pertu, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. It was my pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.